Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with a perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jacob and Afraid. Today I am joined by two-time Naked and Afraid survivalist and current star of Naked and Afraid Castaways, Justin Governall. Thanks for being here, Justin. Yeah, what's up, man? How have you been? Uh, I've been good. I, I just recovered from that fruit this morning. <laughs> wow, that took a while. Yeah. We'll get right into it. This is Naked and Afraid Castaways, Season 1, Episode 5. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Sounds like whoever it is, is done. We pick up on Day 9, and Bulent is checking their pig trap. The trap is unsuccessful yet again. Bulent looks insanely dirty for being Day 9. He looks like he's been out there for 83 days at this point. I'm worried about his pores, I'm not going to lie. Naeem is uh, out cutting down a tree... I guess this is early morning, and Bulent is incredibly grumpy because the sound of the chopping down the tree woke him up from his slumber, and Kara manages to once again maintain a bit of peace in camp, and then they go back to the pig trap yet again. It seems like they're putting a lot of effort into this pig trap. Have you any thoughts on on this team? I mean, you guys... Up until last episode with Candace leaving, you guys seem like you just ran like a well-oiled machine. How has it been watching these other teams play out? It's, it's interesting because it's kind of cool to uh, hear the other stories when you were not present. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's kind of cool because you, you hear the things. And then, of course, after the show, everyone's, honestly, we're all pretty tight. I don't think anybody has any issues at all with, it, with each other. So, um amongst each other right we we just talked about our experience and then it's kind of cool to just watch it all pan out did it make you more grateful seeing some of these other teams with all their attention a little more thankful for your pairing with candace and rachel oh 100 percent. to be real all three of us had a really smooth dynamic uh it, it was it was good across the board and as i mentioned on one of the previous episodes like oh i was raised by you know females i definitely was like uh, I talk about it on my first challenge. Like I stepped on floors until I was 11 years old. And so I would bounce with my mother home to home. And so I always had my mom, which is why we have like a very unique special bond because it didn't matter that I was moving. It was just like, Oh, I'm with my mom, but she would always have, you know, we'd move in with one of her sisters and they would always have female cousins that were older. And so my mom would, you know, handle whatever she had to handle the, to keep food in, in our mouths. And so she, kind of uh go to work or whatever and she'd, she'd leave me with my older cousins and so i feel like i was raised a lot primarily by females it was good man i feel like we meshed together well uh, unfortunately candace got sick but dude, she was a badass and then i don't think it's possible to say anything bad at all about rachel because she's just super positive 24 7 i am a huge fan of rachel i if i ever was forced back into doing it again i would partner up with her in a, a heartbeat i think she's she's pretty amazing we get to uh andrew heather and patrick who are out looking for crabs they are definitely in better spirits now that they have fire and drinking water they find four crabs patrick finds a flounder a very successful morning for them and then we get back to you and rachel and you guys are dealing with being one person down 
Rachel's leg is still hurting, but she's powering through. Uh, you try to net some minnows. That didn't seem to go too well. And then you spot a caiman and go after it with a hatchet, which it seemed like, you know, is going kind of well at first. And then that little effort put on like the nitrous boosters and that thing just like, I couldn't believe how fast it was. It just like went into high gear and disappeared. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I was going to give you the real like perspective on what's going through my head out there. Right. I've talked about it in the past. Like I was a scout sniper in the Marine Corps. I fucking, I've said it multiple times on this episode, right? Like oh, it's, it's not everything that I am, but it's definitely a stable in, in what I've done in life. Right. Because dude, I was, I was brought up again by females primarily. Right. And so I have this mentality, like I still eat meat, but dude, I've only killed a couple of small animals in my life that I was like hunting or fishing. Right. I didn't do a whole lot. And, uh, now I'm out there and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, go, go whack this freaking cat. I, mean, I don't really have another option. So like a part of me is like, Oh shit. You know, I have to go up to this thing and kill it. And another part of me is like, well, dude, you're capable. Right. Again, first time I ever fired a rifle other than like missing a rabbit on purpose when I was a kid was in boot camp in the Marine Corps. And then fast forward a couple years later, and I am in Iraq as a scout sniper, and I'm, like, watching humans just, like, oh, wow, this is a trip, right? How, how life just kind of takes you in different directions. And so now I'm approaching this Cayman, and what's going through my head is, like, if I'm being real with you, dude, there's a little bit of bitch inside of, of all of us that will always come out when you're in these positions. Like, I'm in the middle of freaking nowhere, and I'm looking at this Cayman, and one of my thoughts is, like, oh, one of this thing can get me because all I have is a hatchet. And another thing is, well... I'm sure Rachel's hungry and I'm hungry. So this could really help us out. So it's like this internal struggle. So like I'm walking slow partially because I don't want to scare it. And part of me is like, you know what? Maybe, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It, it's just kind of, and so like I wanted it and that's kind of why I'm walking slow. And I also, if I'm being real with you, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I, didn't up, I didn't grow up hunting. All I know is that like I have a heavy object. And I turned it backwards and I was like, well, when it swims by me, I'm going to smack it. Am I going to feel bad? Yeah, probably. But would it feel bad if it bit me? Fuck no. Right. There's no way that it's going to bite me and swim off and be like, oh, man, that that poor naked dude with a tiny blur. I added insult to injury and I bit him. You know, like it doesn't work that way. So, yeah, we never know when our next opportunity is going to come up for the next meal, too. I do like that you're very. Just matter of fact, with not having a lot of hunting skills, because I personally know a lot of people from this show that talk the biggest game in the world and have probably hunted once and claim to be this huge hunter and stuff like that. So I completely appreciate and respect that because I'm very much the same way. Dude, I'm a very, I'm very truthful. I'm very straightforward. Everybody from this cast literally talk to them every fucking day. Like, I'm not even joking, right? My last um, castmate... I, I'm just going to be real. Like, I don't want to chat with her, right? There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes too, right? That I just don't don't want to chat, right? And so, um, yeah, she was doing the same thing. Oh, hunting, fishing on the, on the show. And she was talking about it in front of me. And she went hunting and fishing literally zero times when I was out there. So I was like, oh. <laughs> right? I was like, fucking dude. That's tough. Well, we get we get back to Camp Grumple Stillskin where we have Bulent. And he, he puts a log on Naeem's feet while Naeem's trying to sleep. And, you know, I understand he's, like, trying to feed this really long log into the fire. I understand that. I feel like 
Bulent probably could have done it in a different way. Like, hey, I'm going to just put this on your feet or down here. Uh, not really Bulent's thing. He just chucks the log basically on top of Nime's feet, which was not well received, which brings us into the morning of day 10. And it's basically Bulent and Naim arguing. And at this point, I feel for Kara. I, you can just tell she's over it. Like surviving's already shitty enough out there. And then when you're in the middle of all this contention, it just, it sucks. Like I, you could see, you could just see her just draining her, which I hated for her because she seems like a pretty, pretty cool girl. We get back to you and Rachel and Rachel is trying to take it easy because of her knee. You're out getting water and firewood. <clears throat> You're having to carry most of the workload at this point for your team. And I mean, you're doing it, but that kind of work, just doing the water, doing the firewood takes a huge part of, of the day out there. And you're doing it all on your own. Now, I, I'm going to say this, like, and uh, this is in a completely non-creepy, non-pervy way, but your buttocks looked nice as a white man uh usually on this show i find by day three my ass is gone and yours seems to be growing so whatever you're doing oh, no, out bro. there boot camp showers all the guys would be like hey governor damn dude you know and so it's funny <laughs> now it's on tv and i'm like no big no big freaking deal dude I'm humble about it i'm super humble with you, you know i do squats like up my squats and I don't have much of an ass to begin with, but I I try to do what I can knowing that it's going to be on television. But even with that, by day three, like mine is full on pancake. Like it just goes instantly. So whatever you're doing out there, keep it up. I feel like at this rate, you're going to be a Kardashian by the end of this challenge. You're just doing great work. Okay, so we are back to Patrick and he's out looking for sea urchins. Doesn't see any urchins, but does spot a large croc. And it, it was funny. There's a scene of him coming out of the water and he had the helmet with him. Like he's got his little like old military helmet that he found, which I guess is smart to wear when you're swimming in the ocean. But I thought that was uh, quite amusing. He is really excited about the possibility of hunting the croc. Andrew and Heather think it's a terrible idea. Just risk first reward uh, going after a very large croc does kind of pose uh, some problems, but... Patrick stoked for it. So, I mean, you just went after yours like it was nobody's business. So Patrick should have been taking notes. We see Bullet and Naeem try talking about moving the fire, which immediately turns into like a more heated discussion. And Kara just shuts it down and announces that she's had enough and she's going to be leaving for a new location and to find different people. I feel like the real reason is she wanted to give these two lovebirds some space, but I fully, you know, understand where she was at, just needing needing to get out of there because I think it was ruining her challenge. Like you go out there for your own personal reasons, and having to be stuck between these two people is probably a lot. But anyway, Naim decides to go with her. Bulent's going to stay because he is committed to getting this pig. You know, it's kind of weird, like. I actually watch zero television, like absolutely zero, right? And my first challenge, if I'm being honest, I really haven't even watched the entire thing. I've watched bits and pieces of it. Uh, I was busy the day of episode four. I have watched zero minutes of my episode four. I missed the first few minutes of this one. Like I, I love watching it, but what, the reason I state this is personally, when I start watching like the arguments or the drama, I kind of, I kind of space out. 
I'm I'm excited to see her move on for her next chapter. I feel like Boulent thrives being alone, so he'll get to do his thing, and then hopefully she'll be able to go actually embrace this challenge without all the unnecessary tension and BS that she's been dealing with. We see you, and you are out exploring and come across a fruit tree. And me personally, I'm basically the naked and afraid fruit expert. Uh, hashtag don't eat the fruit. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. you it's, it is a title that I wear with pride. Uh, but obviously, the scenario, this scene made me very nervous for you. You very smartly tested a little piece and then decided to take a nap. Under the tree. <laughs> Under the tree. What what was, I mean, were you worried at all after you tested it? Did I mean, you said it tasted citrusy, so. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, dude, what's a trip? Is I Googled it after I got out of there. And uh, dude, even being next to the tree, if you Google La Manzanita de la Muerte, which means the little apple of death, uh, if you sleep nearby it, apparently you can get hives and rashes and blisters on your skin. And if it, no, if it rains and you were under there, when the rainwater touches your skin, you'll start blistering all over your, wow. your body. And, uh, you know, when I tasted it, actually, the reason why it's so toxic and, like, it's one of the most toxic uh, trees on the planet. It genuinely is, right? That's, this isn't just some TV stuff. And the reason why it's dangerous is because it actually doesn't taste bad. There's some things you put in your mouth, and that's nature saying, hey, don't eat this. And there's only one species of, I don't want to say, like, caiman maybe. Came in or Crocs. I, I see. I'm not gonna sound like I'm super educated on that matter, but uh, I, I read up on it, and one or the other is immune to its toxins and has the tree all to itself, and it eats the fruits, and it's mm. like helps. Kind of cool, right? So everything else, like that's why there's always fruit on there because no other animals can can touch it, and so humans included. Uh, so the thing was, is I hadn't really slept a whole lot the past I don't know two days or so. I just you don't see much when you're out there, as people know, right? That's something that people outside of the challenge don't understand. Like, dude, it's you're miserable, dude. There's bugs. Uh, I don't voice it a whole lot because I don't feel like complaining does a ton. Mm. And in that moment where I eat the fruit, you see me freaking out because that's real. Like when I'm asking, am I going to die? That's real, right? And uh, Rachel's doing a kick-ass job of like, hey, dude, calm down. She comes and finds you napping under the tree. And that's when you... You know, wake up and it is. I can't imagine us, you know, in this situation, you're not anywhere close to any kind of doctor's office or hospital oh, yeah. or anything. And like, yeah, something like that. I mean, your throat swells up and you're pretty yeah, much man. screwed. Dude, I, I woke up. I hadn't slept in a few days, right? So she wakes me up and anybody else that knows me again, when I wake up in any manner, no matter where I am, if I am not, I sleep on my couch with my animals, right? I have two bedrooms, but a foster sleeps in each room. Anyway, so I sleep. If I don't sleep on a couch, because again, I grew up sleeping on floors and I wake up and I'm not on my couch, I will always like, ah, what the fuck's going on? And partially it's from like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so crazy from the war and all this shit. But like I was, again, we're snipers. And so one person watches everybody while you sleep. And if that person sleeps, you're trusting them with your life. And, mm. you know, adjacent to us, there was some units that sometimes got killed anytime I'm like delirious, you know, and I'm just not sleeping and I pass out and you wake me up, I'm going to like, ah, oh shit. <laughs> I'm freaking out. First of all, like, oh, fuck yeah. and I'm confused and I'm like, where am I? And my body's like, oh, you're on a challenge. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you ate a poisonous fruit. 
you didn't put this in your mouth. I'm like, I, uh, uh, I did. And then when she says that, I start coming to my senses and my freaking mouth burns, right? I feel like there's needles in my mouth. I feel heartburn down my esophagus and I feel all the way down my stomach. I feel like fire, dude. Like I'm like, oh, it does burn a little bit. And that's when I'm like, am I going to die? And she's like, um, and you know, there's the medic approaches me and he hands me this pill. He's like, eat this now. And I believe without saying too much, right. But like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty positive actually that I asked him, am I going to die? And he says, it depends how much you ate. And I'm, Dude, just, just adrenaline rush, right? What do you mean? It depends on how much I ate. And he's like, did you eat a whole one? And I'm like, no. And he's like, then no. But how much did you eat? And I'm like, ah, and I'm just, just, just a little bit. Am I going to die? Am I going to? And he's like, take this freaking pill. And Rachel's like, hey, dude, let's take a walk. Let's take a walk. And we kind of leave everybody. And we just, and she kind of talks me down, right? And, um, and again, behind the scenes stuff, nobody has any other way of knowing this regardless, right? Um, but the whole time I was on this challenge and I'm just going to, whatever. I love my mom to death, dude. I love her to death. There's a reason I'm super mentally tough. And that's because I grew up, uh, my mother was an alcoholic my entire life. Right. And she finally got help after like 30 freaking years, 30 plus years, you know, of drinking. And she oddly enough was on this challenge. Uh, when I was on this challenge, she was in rehab. Right. On a, like a 90 day program. And she's still sober till this day. Right. Since we, we went out and shot it and it's beautiful, man. It's like, I have my mom back. Right. But the, the struggle that people don't see is when I'm wondering, am I going to die for sure? I don't want to die. Fuck. No, I don't want to die. Right. I don't, I don't think anything happens personally when we die. That's just my personal opinion. That's a whole nother podcast. Right. But in that moment when I'm like, am I going to die? The first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh my God, my mom is going to be devastated. She's in rehab trying to better herself and her son might die. That's really what's going through my head. So I'm kind of freaking out. That's real, man. What you saw on camera is like, oh, am I going to die? Am I going to die? And uh, I, I guarantee you they probably have even, think, you know, I'm fortunate for the network not showing a, a meltdown, right? I guarantee you they have more of that footage, right? Either that or it's just in my head. But um, yeah, I was freaking out, dude, for sure. And Rachel did such a good job of like, hey, dude, like even even something so subtle as like her just rubbing my shoulder. It's like, hey, come back. Look, feel you. Look, I'm here. You're with a human. You're not alone. Chill the fuck out, Justin. You know, and I'm just like, and I kind of, oh, God. OK, and she really helped me work through it, because if I'm being honest, if I was out there alone, man, like you're your own worst enemy sometimes. Right. I would just keep going and spiraling and I would just probably freak out way more. So, yeah, well, I don't feel like our brains are like fully firing when we're doing these challenges because we're starving oh, no, and we're dude. sleep deprived and everything else. So that I feel like a freak out is completely understandable. Rachel was amazing with just, you know, keeping you in check, letting you know that you're not going to die. The medic determined that you're not going to die. All great news. We we're very happy about that. We see Patrick, Heather, and Andrew at their camp at night, and the tide is coming right up to the edge of camp, which takes us into day 11. Kara and Naeem decide to follow this stream by their camp in hopes that it leads to the ocean, because again, you guys are operating without maps out there. Uh, they split up the tools with Bulent, and they say uh, farewell, and they're on their way. Patrick is out in the tidal pools wearing a gorgeous burlap potato sack cape with his military helmet. It's a very bold look, but it was functional 
as well as fashionable. It, it protected him against sunburn. So there's that. I have to say, like Patrick, every scene he is out doing something. Like he's out exploring. He's out looking for trash slash treasures. He's out looking for crabs. The dude's just going. Like, and I know he does those like long distance hikes, but it's impressive to see. I feel like he's he's uh, kind of crushing it out there. Andrew and Heather are in camp, and they're super concerned about the tide flooding their home. Patrick comes back from exploring. He doesn't seem concerned at all. Heather, who is sporting a really great reverse smoky eye, uh, is worried about losing the fire and wanting to move to higher ground. And you can tell they're not seeing eye to eye. Patrick storms off, which is hard to do like a dramatic storm off when you're wearing an adorable little cape. But you can see, once again, there's a little bit of contention in their, in their camp. And I kind of understand. Like, I mean, if you get that close to having the tide in your camp the night before and not being familiar with the area, we had that happen in the swamps of Florida where it was just like, you know, you got to make smart decisions out there. But they're back to having a little contention in camp, which at least they had a couple days where they were seeing eye to eye. So I guess that was good. Bulent is once again checking the pig trap. Apparently, the pig is actually walking through the snare, but he's not. The, the snare is just not snagging him. Kara and I are working their way to the coastline. It's a rough hike, but they're powering through. And then we see you and Rachel. I mean, it's it's great. Just again, the the partnership with you guys, even with Candace being gone. You know, her knee is clearly an ongoing issue, but you're really kind of pointing out just how much she is doing, despite her feeling like she's dead weight we end with kara and naeem and they've been going for three hours kara is struggling with exhaustion she needs to sit and take a break because she's feeling nauseous and that's where it cuts that is the end of the episode i'm i'm personally thrilled that you didn't die from the fruit i'm also excited to see things switching up with kara leaving camp i just feel like it's I'm ready for some new dynamics just to yeah. spice things up a little bit. Anyway, well, I appreciate your time and uh, yeah, excited to see how all of this pans out. Uh, any any plans for you coming up in the future? Would you do this shit again? Uh, yeah, man, uh, I would. I definitely need a way out where I'm at in life. I do a lot of stuff, man. Stand-up comedy, stand-up comic, got a bunch of shows coming up. So where can people find you if they want to find out more about your shows and everything else, Justin related? Just at Justin Governor on Instagram primarily. And if I am not on the platform at Justin Governor, it would be at JJ Governor. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel where I'm like doing these epic travels. And then, you know, I've got my comedy shows I'm plugging. So yeah, they could give me a follow. It'd be, it'd be appreciative. Awesome. Yeah, be sure to check him out. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and send any questions you have about the show to questions at jacobnafraid.com. Join me next time for an all-new Jacob and Afraid. Until then, have a gorgeous week.